नमस्ते जय हिंद वेलकम टू अनदर एडिशन ऑफ एन आई पॉडकास्ट विद स्मिता प्रकाश टुडे आई हैव विद मी लेफ्टिनेंट जनरल ढिलन ही इज नो स्ट्रेंजर टू द पॉडकास्ट इफ यू हैव सीन अ पॉडकास्ट दैट आई हैड अर्लियर विद जनरल ढिलन ही वॉज वन ऑफ द फर्स्ट गेस्ट ऑन द शो एंड वी हैड अ वेरी इंटरेस्टिंग कॉन्वर्सेशन हिज बुक वॉज जस्ट अबाउट टू कम आउट देन एंड इफ यू हैव रेड द बुक प्लीज डू रीड द बुक इफ यू हैव सीन द अर्लियर शो प्लीज डू सी द अर्लियर शो वी टॉक्ट अबाउट हिज लाइफ एंड हिज करियर हिज वेरी इलास्ट्रिस करियर दैट ही इज लेड इन द इंडियन आर्मी नाउन लेफ्टिनेंट जनरल इज रिटायर्ड एंड leading a supposedly relaxed life but not really and uh, do follow him on social media he is very active on twitter thank you sir for being part of this thank show you, um we talked in the earlier episode about uh, kashmir about his life there about uh, security situation today general sab i want to talk to you about the situation in pakistan its uh, impact uh, that it could have on national security in india and this region this one section of uh, of our polity of those who watch national security who are thrilled with what's happening there and feel that pakistan deserves this after all that they've done after all that the pakistan army has done to india uh, the implosion that is happening in the uh, civil military relationship good that it's happening there's another section which feels that hold your horses it's not all that great because it could have a negative impact on india too so uh, with all the experience that you have had commanding forces uh, in our borders keeping our borders safe uh, could you tell me what is your reading of this thank you ma'am and it's an honor again to be on podcast with you uh, talking about pakistan ma'am pakistan like we all know is an enigma and lot of people who talk about pakistan who observe pakistan who read pakistan they have their own views as very rightly expressed by you but as a person i would like to believe a stable neighborhood a peaceful neighborhood a progressive neighborhood and a very very friendly neighborhood is in everyone's interest may it be a mohalla may it be a nation having said that uh, you use the words like pakistan probably deserved it they, and things like that yes ma'am they have their internal issues they have been a rogue state in the region they have transported uh, terror they have transported narcotics they have killed the generations in their neighborhood by terror and uh, narcotics in return they also have suffered notwithstanding all that we as a elderly neighbor as a big brother as a fifth largest economy and of after all pakistan and we share lot of culture history traditions language commonalities are tremendous we would like pakistan to be stable country look at bangladesh it got formed out of pakistan and within few decades it overtook pakistan in lot of things including their gdp and economic uh, indices so pakistan also needs to look inside and need to improve their management of their politics their diplomacy their military and their economy unfortunate part of pakistan is the military rules the nation in the olden days they used to say the three a's which are ruling pakistan america allah and army and not necessarily in the same order so the order of priority for these three a's keeps shifting but what's happening in pakistan now with mr imran khan having been removed mr shahbaz sharif having come in imran khan arrested for a short while 
he is likely to be arrested again then mr fawad choudhry running out of his vehicle um, imagine a leader the pti workers you know who protested in support of their leader imran khan when he was arrested thousands of them are in jail and mr fawad choudhry another big mouth in uh, pti who is to talk about kashmir and who is to talk about jihad and talk about leadership and leading the men he ran away when his own followers and the whole party men are in the jail he does not want to go to jail himself but only wants his men to go to jail same is true for pakistan as a nation all the military leaders all the politicians all the children are studying abroad they don't want them to get into jihad they want a common pakistani son to die in kashmir they want a common kashmiri son to die in kashmir and they want common innocent civilians to die in kashmir so this state is actually going down the drain i always say there are four pillars on which you sort of rate a nation standing economy diplomacy politics and military economy we all know what state pakistan is in the type of debts and the cpec money which they have to return diplomacy no one stood with pakistan even when article 370 was abrogated so much to talk about the diplomacy their politics we just discussed what's happening and the military this is for the first time in pakistan a new chapter has been written till now we were only limited to ye jo dehshatgardi hai iske piche wardi hai not today they are actually attacking the military installations they are attacking the residences they are attacking the military people so this type of a thing to happen in a country like pakistan where military rules with an iron fist was unheard of going and attacking the core commander's house somehow the homes of uh, of anybody used to be sacrosanct you know especially of the army even in our own country and especially of the army in pakistan used to be a zone that nobody ever Absolutely. went into Absolutely. for them to attack that and then when we saw the visuals you know wahan se mor chura ke leke ja rahe hain wahan se strawberry nikal rahi hai all those things which are coming out uh, has made the people very angry that this is the kind of luxurious lives that pakistan army was leading or their generals were leading while the people were suffering for you know bijli ek din aa rahi hai 10 din mein pani nahi hai aate ki killat hai so this is the kind of you know disparity between the army and the common people this is something that has come out in the open now absolutely ma'am i talked about mr fawad choudhry being a leader and not standing by his men same thing pakistan army was considered the savior of pakistan hmm the only army in the world which has lost all the wars it has fought so far the biggest surrender after the second world war in the history 93000 standing army with aircraft ships guns tanks everything with them and still surrendered 1971 1971 so this is the army but they kept projecting as if uh, they have won all the wars yeah. including 71 hmm. i remember uh, general bajwa singh वो तो सिविलियंस थे बाकी सारे जो पकड़े थे फौजी तो थोड़े थे डॉक्यूमेंट्री एविडेंस मैम देर लिस्ट ऑफ पीपल विद आर्मी नंबर्स हु स्टेड इन इंडिया फॉर सो मेनी इयर्स हेड स्कॉचेज एंड प्लेड गोल्फ सो इंस्पाइट ऑफ ऑल दिस दे टोल्ड देर पीपल दे इवन टोल्ड पीपल दे वन द कारगिल वॉर वैन दे डिड नॉट इवन क्लेम द डेड बॉडीज ऑफ द सोल्जर्स सो वैन दैट टाइप ऑफ इमेज वॉज देयर 
they were considered to be saviors and when pa normal pakistani as you very rightly said is crying for aata is crying for water is crying for bijli pani and normal rozmarra ki cheeze and when they walk into a corps commander's house hmm. and they see deep freezers full of uh, strawberries and kormas and hmm. lawns sprawling lawns with pigeons and uh, peacocks, peacocks and, and what have yeah. you and swimming pool swimming and pools and so then they realize the common public realize ye to hamare masiha banke dikhai dete the असल में तो ये मसीहा नहीं है दे बिन लूटिंग द पाकिस्तान कंट्री लुक एट द पिज्जा चेंज अब्रॉड सो ऑल दो थिंग्स हैव नाउ कम आउट इन द ओपन एंड थैंक्स टू द सोशल मीडिया थैंक्स टू द इंटरनेट थैंक्स टू द कनेक्टेड वर्ल्ड द ट्रूथ इज इन फ्रंट ऑफ द पब्लिक नाउ सो द थ्री एज दैट यू टॉक्ट अबाउट विच यू नो इट यूज टू बी समथिंग दैट पीपल वुड जोक अबाउट बट देर वॉज there was a truth to it so all three a's betrayed pakistan you feel or should a country or the should a people of a country not rely on on an outside factor you should apni kshamta pe vishwas rakhna chahiye we became independent in the same time both the countries tried to build the base for themselves self reliance and what have we look at where india has come in spite of our population in spite of our internal fault lines whereas pakistan was made on the theory of two nation theory that means there should not have been any fault lines within hmm. we are a multilingual multi religious multi community society we have grown so well in spite of our fault lines i am repeating this whereas that country which was supposed to have no fault lines has deeper fault lines as compared to us hmm. the shias the sunnis the ahmadiyas and what have you they fighting with each other killing each other hmm. so a country took a wrong turn and courtesy is one of the is the army here in india the army is subservient to the civil government the democratic elected government we have had elections we have had change of parties at the center at the state never have we had a case mm. wherein someone has to be put in a jail or someone has to be dragged out of the office or someone has to run away into the court complex so two countries the maturity level the different our visions are different for a country like india our visions at 40 years hence their vision is uh, starting and finishing at kashmir mm. for us kashmir is just about one part of our issues for them kashmir is everything uh, you've been in kashmir for so many years you've been in a leadership position out there uh, do you feel that they could whatever their troubles could they ever abandon their so called kashmir cause ma'am one thing which has happened after 5th of august 2019 that is abrogation of article 370 probably some kashmiris had this feeling that if something major happens pakistan will always stand by us pakistan will always support us now when thing as big as article 370 abrogation happened and pakistan did nothing could do nothing that is when the bluff was called hmm. only thing which mr imran khan that time prime minister said 11 baje dhoop mein khade honge shukrawar ko वो भी आई थिंक एक दो दिन के बाद में खत्म हो गया सो वट हैपन इन कश्मीर इज टूडे अगेन थैंक्स टू इंटरनेट थैंक्स टू सोशल मीडिया मैम इफ आई कैन टेक अ लिटिल टाइम वट हैपन इन कश्मीर वॉज नाइनटीन नाइनटी वॉज द टाइम वैन इंडियन इकोनॉमी ओपन अप एंड आवर हाउस होल्ड पीपल स्टार्टेड अर्निंग मोर द मल्टी नेशनल कॉपरेशन केम इन द जॉब्स केम इन एंड इंडिया स्टार्टेड द ग्रोथ पाथ टूवर्ड्स द बेटर इकोनॉमिक हेल्थ 1990 or 89 88 was the time when terrorism came into kashmir so last 35 years 
here is a country which is on the economic boom side and here is a part of that country the state of jammu and kashmir which was on the downward trend because of terrorism perpetrated by pakistan hmm. another thing which happened was when kashmiri pandits i'll take one by one and then i'll sure, come to sure. the wholesome uh, absolutely the, you know sort of outcome ji the kashmiri pandits when they were thrown out of kashmir in 1989 and 90s that is when the kashmiri education system crumbled hmm. kashmiri pandits were primary teachers middle class middle school teachers higher secondary university and the schools in the far flung areas were made of wood those days terrorists burned down those schools saying that army stays in these as camps so there are no schools there were no teachers the students could not get proper education but the respective governments or you can say consecutive governments one after another kept promoting these children without having gone to the school then came the hartali door or the hartals by huriyat yeah 280 days out of 365 schools used to be closed because on some pretext or the other on some uh, calendar or the other the hartal used to be called so we talking from 90s now you move to the 2000s 2000. so i'm giving a total perspective of the whole thing right so the students who did not have a school in the village areas school did not have good teachers and even if they had teachers had school the schools won't open hmm. so the students kept getting promoted in mass when they came to 10th and 11th or 12th class now i'm talking from 90s to today hmm. now they had to compete for getting admission into a good college hmm. into a professional college into a civil services and all because they did not have the educational base they could not compete now since they could not compete there was no future as there was no future the boy had no other option but to pick up a gun so that was one aspect of social economic aspect of the terrorism another thing was all the elections used to be boycotted by hurriyat supported by terrorists sponsored by isi and pak army when all the elections used to be cancelled or boycotted only very few percentage of votes used to poll hmm. and these people who used to boycott used to allow that those votes to be polled hmm. and then their sympathizers would win when they would come to par this used to be a payback time so all the lower level recruitment may it be a spy in a constable in police may it be a bank employee may it be a primary teacher may it be a junior revenue officer they were all taken in on the recommendations of huriyat and jamaat e islami because these people wanted to come back to par again after 6 years so when that happened in 90s to today all these people who got recruited their jamaati hamaitis their huriyat hamaitis today they are in the middle rung of lower bureaucracy they are the munshis in thana they are the sachos in thana they are the primary school headmasters hmm. they are the patwaris they are the people who deal with the public on daily basis now this is where the problem is that igb or the dcp or dgp or the ssp or the dc how many times can these people go and con- meet with the public on daily basis public comes to the police station or patwar khana mm. or school or bank and interacts with these people who are corrupted so Whose this sympathy lies with the huriyat sympathy lies with the huriyat they even though huriyat's ba- back is broken it's yes. not really broken actually jamaati ideology, ideology is the most dangerous ideology okay so this is whole the child has not got good education there are no job opportunities there are no multinational companies there are no investment there is there is a bureaucracy which is corrupted and the reason why all this was not there 
is also because there were the article 370 was there yes, so the, you they couldn't yeah. buy property kon aayega why would say a cafe coffee day or a barista or somebody come there because you can't you can't hire your own people no, 35 you didn't allow this didn't 370 allow. Yeah. and when this whole thing this all the political parties you know kept quiet about it and election after election election after election boycott after boycott boycott after boycott today the situation is it will take time to sort out these issues good thing is it is being done hmm. in my book in the last chapter i have covered the immediate steps which can be taken under four headings taking uh, you know inspiration from the vedas sam dam dand bhed under this four headings i have given immediately what can be done hmm. and they all doable things some things are being done also so this socio economic political cauldron for the last 35 years has created an ecosystem which benefits from terrorism the ecosystem has huriyat ecosystem has terrorist ecosystem has isi ecosystem has pakami ecosystem has certain politicians certain ngos and certain vernacular press ab now if that ecosystem flourished for several years for decades actually ab 90s se baat kare to it flourished uh, in kashmir why did pakistan uh, give up on punjab so quickly if it if that experiment flourished in kashmir why did it not flourish in pa- punjab the reason i'm asking that also is for viewers and listeners is this episode is being filmed in amritsar in punjab uh, so you know there's a lot that people are saying that oh pakistan when it it didn't succeed in punjab in the 80s it moved its attention to kashmir in the 90s now it's that is failing so it's moving its attention back to punjab so tell me why didn't it flourish in punjab in the 90s no, it didn't flourish in punjab because we are talking of now mid 70s to mid 80s yeah partition had happened just about 30 years ago hmm. or 27 28 years ago the people who had seen the atrocities of partition people who were victims of the violence of partition they were still in their mid uh, 40s or 50s they were still in the age group of being a parent today they are either gone or elderly grandparents yeah. so those days the elder people used to say Okay, don't fall for this, and that is the reason the 70s and 80s problem of Punjab did not flourish as it is, and then certain radicalization. Mm. And Punjab is a hardworking state, so is JNK, mm. and Punjab is a very prosperous state. Mm. Anyone who was earning thousand rupees earlier because of the terrorism, his income dropped to five hundred. so he saw no benefit in uh, what was going on and there's no ideological connection between pakistan and punjab like there is between pakistan and kashmir to some extent that's what point i'm making in kashmir the religious based radicalization hmm. is what is keeping the movement going till few years ago but today the youngsters have seen the bluff hmm. today they understand this cannot go on many far ma'am i'll give you small examples so many killings have happened in kashmir local kashmiris have died local civilians have died kashmiri boys who joined terrorism they have died and some security forces kashmiri at the hands of terrorists have died has this ecosystem which i talked about politicians ngos even huriyat the terrorist isi have they ever asked the mother of a terrorist who has died kya aapke salat mein ho aapka bachcha kyun mara because mother is a mother at the end of the day that mother will ask this people my child died because you people brought in terrorism hmm. if terrorism had not come he wouldn't have joined terrorism he wouldn't have been killed today he would have been with me have they asked 
द पोनी वाला और द रिक्शा वाला और द शॉपकीपर द शॉल मेकर और द पेपर मैशे मेकर दैट वाई योर इनकम हैज़ ड्रॉप्ड फ्रॉम से ट्वेंटी थाउजेंड अ मंथ टू टेन थाउजेंड अ मंथ बिकॉज टूरिस्ट आर नॉट कमिंग बिकॉज दिस इंसिडेंट्स ऑफ इनोसेंट सिविलियंस किलिंग दे विल नॉट आस्क दे विल नॉट क्वेश्चन दैट दे विल नॉट स्पीक अबाउट इट बिकॉज इट डज नॉट सूट द इको सिस्टम वाई डोंट दे स्पीक अबाउट वाई द एजुकेशन सिस्टम और एजुकेशन लेवल्स इन कश्मीर आर नॉट गोइंग अप कश्मीरी इज अ वेरी इंटेलेक्चुअल पर्सन कश्मीरी सोसाइटी इज अ वेरी अवेयर सोसाइटी दे आर लर्नर पीपल मैम दे आर पॉइट्स दे आर म्यूजिशियंस दे आर आर्टिस्ट दे आर यू नेम आर यू नो इंटेलेक्चुअल फील्ड कश्मीरी इज अ दे बट द एजुकेशन सिस्टम हैज बिन डैमेज सो बैडली बेटरिज्म द इको सिस्टम विल नॉट टॉक अबाउट इट वाई देर नो जॉब्स बिकॉज देर नो एजुकेशन बिकॉज देर नो एजुकेशन बैकग्राउंड दे नो इन्वेस्टमेंट इन कश्मीर यू बीन देर फॉर सो लॉन्ग इन कश्मीर do you think that the kashmiris are looking at what is happening in pakistan and say we could have been them we and when i was a brigadier in north kashmir in handwara sector and this uh, bus from sirinagar to muzaffarabad had started and people could go across and uh, pakistan occupied yeah. kashmir kashmiris could come to indian side and this exchange was, that was the eye opener for them today each and every child in kashmir speaks kashmiri whereas people in pakistan occupied kashmir their brothers sisters who are that side the kashmiri culture hmm. the it has been destroyed the kashmiri language has been destroyed punjabis have come in and they are ruling pakistan occupied kashmir based jo jo log hain wahan ke thode punjabi is the most spoken language there hmm. kashmiri language khatam kar diye wahan pe taki history culture hi khatam kar diya jaye whereas in our side Kashmiri language is very well prospering it's being spoken by everyone and it's a very much spoken language so people used to go across to muzaffarabad and come back they used to come back as we say with their eyes wide open i still remember people telling me toba 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 jo gurbat hai wahan pe humne to kabhi socha bhi nahi tha so they now know the reality of pakistan occupied kashmir and kashmiri people under the rule of punjabi muslims of pakistan now a kashmiri doesn't want to be part of uh, that also the setting. media it never tells uh, it never tells its people what is happening in pok which they call azad kashmir it never tells people what is happening in their fata regions the news from that region doesn't make it to the it's only punjab and that's it and maybe a little bit about uh, sindh if at all they go beyond punjab uh, rest of the places nothing there's no talk at all about what happens out there uh, and uh, so i want to come back to what you had said in the first answer uh, to my question where you said that india would want or indians should want uh, a stable uh, region around here but sir um you spent decades in the indian army and your adversary was pakistan today you're seeing the same pakistani army officers uh, getting a bloody nose what is that feeling is it is it a feeling that okay wo dushman mulk hai aur dushman mulk ka ki fauj hai acha hua jo unke sath ho raha hai or does it feel that he's a uniform soldier this shouldn't be happening what is the sentiment Ma'am, as a professional soldier when i am on the border there are no holds barred the person across the line of control or the international boundary as the case may be is an enemy 
he is fighting for his country, I am fighting for my country. I will leave no stone unturned. Sam, dam, dand, bhed. Sab shamil. To make sure my nation wins. And in doing so, as George Patton had said, you know, it's not important to die for your country. It's more important that you make the other person die for his country. So when I'm on the border, when I'm a soldier, I am very clear. When I'm in a counter-terrorist operation, I am very clear what I have to do. Now, sitting as an observer and talking about at a national level or an international or regional level, that is when I make this point. Stable region is in, you can say, favor of everyone, including the great country like India. Talking about what happened to the Pakistani senior officers in the recent uh, protests which happened, this country was ruled by army and the type of corruption which they carried out. Public could not speak because the establishment or the deep state did not allow the media to bring these things out. Public ka jo andar ka gubar tha na, man, wo it was at a pressure point, tripping point. And once the lid was blown off, that is what happened, what happened. Hmm. So, I have no respect for anyone who has looted his nation, who has looted his country, because of whom the public is dying of hunger and they are uh, with strawberries and whatnot and whatnot. So also it's an army that didn't just fight a uniformed soldier across the border when he wanted to. He sent proxies. He started sending drugs across the border, which he continues. Today, as we are recording this in Amritsar, Heroin has been dropped. Kilos, several kilos of heroin has been dropped via drones on the border. They have made our frontier state of Punjab, the youth of this uh, state, they have broken the back of the youth of the most prosperous state or the youth which which goes into the army, which goes into our forge. They have broken the back of that. On what basis would I want that country, as a citizen of India, to be strong? This is the kind of evil that the army does. It's not, I can understand if the soldier is fighting a soldier, that's his job. But this is through through these wrong means. This is not through rules of engagement. Absolutely, ma'am. Even when there is so much of turmoil inside Pakistan, the one thing which Pakistan is not leaving is their anti-India actions. You talked about uh, drugs being dropped. And similarly, mm. uh, you made a point, why should I want a country like Pakistan to be strong? Mm. I'm saying I don't want Pakistan to be strong. I want Pakistan to be stable. Okay. Let them get down to the rules of engagement. Let them, let them get down to the way decent nations behave. The way good neighbors behave. It's not that uh, every neighbor is very prosperous. Every neighbor is very strong. We have different type of people staying in uh, Mohallas and uh, neighborhood. But only thing is, you should not be a rogue nation. This is what Pakistan has come to today. Today, somebody just now was asking, Pakistan is a rogue nation. I said, no, Pakistan is not a nation. As of today, it's only rogue. Hmm. So this is how Pakistan is being looked at and they must take this seriously. Their standing in the world as a nation, as a respectable country, has taken a big hit, they being the fountainhead of terrorism in the region and the narcotics and now this unrest which multinational company would come to do a business in a nation like this where they don't even know like Honda that uh, Audi car showroom was burned down 
and the Audi car showroom apparently is uh, uh, is owned by the son of a Fauji also. Yes. So you know, so that that's why the anger everything towards is owned by is there. everything <laughs> is owned. And in fact, the the whole joke which many Indians don't know is that they say Pakistan army ne plotistan bana diya Pakistan ka because yes. they they cut up lands and make plots for the senior officers as they retire so that the system continues of corruption by that Pakistan's military jihadi complex. Um, to come back to the question that I asked you about Punjab being a frontier state uh, and how dangerous is this for our uh, for the states of Punjab, Rajasthan, uh, for Kashmir, even for Gujarat, all the frontier states, all those which share a border uh, with uh, Pakistan, how dangerous is it in terms of national security? Ma'am, the Western Front, as we call it in the army, starts from Kashmir, goes down right up to Kutch, and then the sea coast starts. It's a very sensitive front. All the wars which we have fought, starting with Kashmir to Kutch, the operations, actions have taken place. So, uh, Indian security forces or Indian security establishment is well aware of this. Hmm. We are geared up, we have the peacetime border guarding forces, we have the reserve forces, defensive forces, and we have the further reserve, the offensive formations. So we are catered for all eventualities, we carry out our war games, we carry out in-house discussions of all eventualities, not only pure war, we carry out our discussions and war games on hybrid type of uh, warfare. We carry out an all two front war, two and a half front war. We do all these, it's an evolving thing. And we keep our powder dry, we keep our forces ready. So nothing to worry on that aspect. The Western Front, so even the Northern Front, we keep doing the rebalancing as per the evolving situation. And we do the long-term plans of 15 years, 20 years hence. What would be Pakistan's capabilities after 15 or 20 years? We cater for that and we start building for that. So my question also has another dimension to it that it's not just a military uh, conflict I'm talking about, but what if civilians by hundreds of thousands trying to escape from the trap of poverty which it is happening now, from, from absolute civilian unrest, if they start coming across the border, is our army going to fire on civilians? What do, what do we do? How do we stop that influx if they just run away? Because Afghanistan It's not as if uh, it's a hunky-dory situation out there. They can't go to Afghanistan. Down below is south. When they go south, there is the ocean. Uh, so they, will, they can only come east, which is India. So um, what does one do? Same thing happened in 1971, Bangladesh uh, Liberation War. A hmm. lot of refugees came into Indian side. And United Nations uh, Human uh, uh, Commission for Refugees also works in this. I'm very sure the people who are responsible for these are looking at this type of eventualities. From the military man's perspective, this eventuality is sub-part of a contingency. Okay. Wherein we have a conflict and at the same time we have influx of civilian refugees. Under no circumstances, any professional army will fire at unarmed civilians. Hmm. That having been said, all actions will be taken to make sure no unwanted, unwelcome person is allowed inside the territory of India. So there are contingencies, there are forces earmarked for it. This eventuality is catered for in all the plans. And I'm very sure at a higher level, at the political level and at the government level, this must be getting looked at on a regular basis because the situation in Pakistan is so volatile. 
but hopefully that day may not come because uh, it's also there that their land is becoming uh, untillable there is a water problem there uh, they have no plan in action uh, the they used to have the best irrigation uh, yes. for their lands in punjab but that irrigation system doesn't exist there is lack of the, the agriculture system has failed out there so when that has failed the education system has failed the civilians don't have the basics that they need and now they are looking at the army as the villain first time ever the army is seen as a villain do you think at some point of time the civilians are going to put pressure on their own uh, army to make amends and uh, to reopen ties with india do you think that will happen ma'am reopening ties with india economics will drive it mm. because it is it makes economic sense to pick up a loaf of bread from the neighborhood bakery then go 20 blocks away and pick it up through a third party which would cost five times more so if indian cotton is going to pakistan via dubai definitely it will cost more because the transportation the overheads increase so it's economic sense to pick up all the stuff from the neighboring country and here india happens to be the big neighboring country because of our tropical weather because of all round the year uh, availability of things in india and we have stuff available which grows at high altitudes and which grows in island territories hmm. so variety someone other day asked me why indians don't prefer tinned food i said hame to pura saal kuch na kuch fresh milta hai so That's why true. should we go for a tinned food so similarly we are a country which can provide everything round the clock hmm. so it's a natural economic sense right to deal with india now the, what problem pakistan is facing is the ego the military दैट हम तो हिंदुस्तान के साथ हम व्यापार नहीं करेंगे नहीं करोगे तो मत करो भी तुम्हारा नुकसान है बट इन द लॉन्ग टर्म आई थिंक द पॉइंट यू मेकिंग इज दे विल बी फोर्स टू स्टॉप टेररिज्म बिकॉज टाइम हैज नाउ कम एन वर्ल्ड विल नॉट टेक इट लाइटली वर्ल्ड विल टेल दम नाउ डायरेक्टली एंड दे आर अ न्यूक्लियर स्टेट द होल वर्ल्ड सिक्योरिटी वॉचर्स मस्ट बी सिटिंग ऑन द हॉन्चिज सींग दिज विजुअल्स ऑन टेलीविजन what happens if some nuclear assets fall into hands of public or some rogue elements hmm. so these things cannot be un seen in isolation as yeah such. seen in isolation yeah. the wholesome game of pakistan has to be understood so if you would say that and at the same time look at bilawal bhutto he came to india he's a he's a person who has lived most of his life abroad not in pakistan he has not experienced or seen the pitfalls of living or jo gurbat ki baat aap kar rahe the the growing up in a he he's had an elite upbringing though he lost his uh, mother to uh, to mechanizations establishment. establishment though he tried to say here in, when he came to india that it was because of terrorism mm. his mother didn't die because of terrorism died because of the establishment um he somebody who's educated abroad he should be able to see what is in the good of pakistan and yet when he came here he kind of issued a veiled threat to india when he said jab g20 ki baat ho rahi thi he said main jawab dunga when the time is right that was a veiled threat yes ma'am uh, again taking the example of mr fawad choudhry hmm there was a time when your pakistan army ke na gun gaan kar rahe the correct and then he is running away from the pakistan army similarly in 2001 Mrs Bhutto Mrs Bhutto Bilawal's mother she spoke about Pakistan army and the ISI mm. 
she very clearly and categorically said i think it was a bbc program mm. where she said the isi is interfering with my ministers with mm. my members of parliament and trying to buy them off and tell them to protect uh, sort of uh, defect against me mm. he says the isi is literally blackmailing the judiciary the judges and they interfering with the establishment of the courts this is blavel's mother saying and things haven't changed the isi hasn't changed only thing it has become little more stronger ever since in 2001 when mrs benzer butto said all this and blavel knows all this very well so blavel is doing fawad choudhury of few months ago or is he trying to protect his bases ki agar imran khan ko hata dete hain he is seen and agar um, if the sharif brothers are not an option then he is the third option the fall back option because jab tak army ni select karti tab tak uh, you can't become prime minister of the country absolutely ma'am he hmm. is keeping his options open hmm. and he is not wanting to be a fall guy hmm. as of today he just wants to play along with the establishment and the deep state hmm. and that is what is uh, my reading and uh, you never know what happens in the future so g20 ke jo events hone wale hain kashmir mein uh, and in india uh, do you see uh, do you see any threat to that uh, by pakistanis that they would they would want to sabotage because they can't let uh, it go peacefully in kashmir because their entire narrative would fall flat that kashmir is returned to normalcy that the people of kashmir want g20 to succeed and the foreign dignitaries who come will see uh, kashmir prosperous so it means decades of hard work that they have done in kashmir unravel absolutely when 370 was abrogated pakistan built a false narrative or a propaganda that there is a lockdown there is a clamp down no one is moving out and that is when the foreign uh, diplomats high commissioners and ambassadors came to kashmir in three different groups i personally briefed them on the security situation in addition to the civil administration and they were made to drive through lal chowk they saw with their own eyes how peaceful and you know calm everywhere in fact the german ambassador at that time he in fact wrote in a newspaper that i saw no lockdown in my book i have given the cutting of that newspaper and put it in uh, the book as a photograph so even that time the pakistani propaganda of lockdown was seen through by european union members of parliament high commissioners including ambassadors of usa uk canada australia and new zealand other countries in addition to other countries so now when g20 is happening and it's a good thing the government has decided to hold some events in uh, kashmir and they will see for themselves how peaceful the kashmir is how peaceful kashmir is having said that pakistan retains the capability to carry out isolated terrorist acts against innocent civilians mm. so pakistan will do everything in its power to sabotage i may not use the word sabotage or to bring to limelight the terror activities in kashmir so that kashmir comes to the news mm. the security forces the civil administration the government is making all arrangements taking all precautions and i am very sure everything will go peaceful but pakistan as a rogue nation will not stop at anything to discredit india or to not to highlight the kashmir issue by acts of terror pure terror against innocent civilians uh, so i had sushant sarin uh, on the show a uh, couple of weeks back and he was saying that india has to be prepared that like israel is india has to be prepared that we are going to be in a constant state 
of conflict with Pakistan. Not maybe a declared war, but they are never going to accept or be at peace with India. So somewhere in the Indian mindset has to be ready and accept that situation. Um, Sushant is a good friend. Uh, I would like to look at it in a more optimistic way. Hmm. West Germany, East Germany united. Today they are a very strong nation in the European Union. I am not looking at India-Pakistan uniting. Thank you. But because you just got me very worried when you were saying that. I said, this conversation is direction in which direction? I am looking at Pakistan having learnt its lessons. The world, you can say, telling Pakistan to stop this nonsense at some stage in the future. Interim period, I agree with Sushant, we might have to live with that. But I think at some stage, more sensible people will come. And Pakistan would become a stable state. And this is a wish and a hope. So, I, I look forward to a very positive uh, things to unfold in the future. And uh, otherwise, Pakistan has gone down quite a bit. Going further down would be doomsday for Pakistan. Right. So, we're having this conversation after your book has been published. Uh, the earlier episode was done before the book was published. And there were many conversations uh, which you have written in the book, which you didn't mention there. You said, when the book is So, um, there was one uh, in which you spoke about the conversation with Amit Shah. Uh, and uh, this you didn't speak in the earlier podcast because it was going to come In which you said, if you have to write about then you have to uh, that conversation uh, when you talked about Article 370, uh, you must have had several conversations with uh, with the political leaders at that time. Uh, they must have asked you, what is it going to happen? Uh, when I asked you about this, uh, when we did the podcast, you said that these conversations, uh, which you told me off record, uh, you told me at that time that these conversations happened in very secret locations. You said. So tell me a little bit about these conversations. Ma'am, this was on 26th, 27th of June 2019. Mm -hmm. Approximately 40 days prior to abrogation of Article 370 on 5th of August, the same year. Shri Amanath Yatra was to commence on 1st of July. And Honorable Home Minister's visit to Kashmir, Jammu and Kashmir happened on 26th and 27th of June. Uh, about few days, four or five days before the commencement of the Shri Amanath Ji Yatra. So 26 June, there was a normal review of the security situation, other civil administration aspects, meeting with some political uh, delegates. So in which everyone who's who of the JNK administration was there, I was there as a corps commander. So these meetings, the last meeting of security situation finished at 11.30, 12 in the night. So there was a general officer whose birthday was there that day. Hmm. So then I went to wish him to his house, had a piece of cake, came back home by about 12.31. At about 2 o'clock in the night, intervening night of 26th and 27th June, I get a call that tomorrow morning, 7 o'clock, there is a breakfast meeting with the Home Minister. I said, okay. 3 o'clock, I get another call that uh, Home Minister wants to know that what would you like to have for the breakfast? I said, Jo sab khayenge, wo bhi They said, no, it's a one-on-one -on -one meeting and only you and the Home Minister will be there. Now that is when I got a little uh, this thing. Anyway, 7 o'clock, went for the meeting. There was a dhokla, there was aluka pranthas, there were all types of things. And on more serious note, then we started discussing. Home Minister had come very well prepared as to what all the questions or the answers he's looking for. 
he talked in great detail about if we do something that if that time still i was not sure if we do something what can happen what can happen in the internal situation what can happen in the security forces some local uh, security forces what can happen on the line of control what are the options with pakistan how the civil unrest can happen because if you remember some former chief ministers that said khoon ki nadiyan beh jayengi tiranga ko kanda dene wala koi nahi hoga mutiny ho jayegi so all these issues were discussed and as to what can and all contingencies were also discussed hmm. what if this happens then how will we handle it and what is the upper level of violence which can happen and other things so finally to cut the long story short finally he asked me so zimmedavari kiski hogi matlab who is be responsible hmm. if i said sir uh, i assure you nothing will go wrong and uh, then i made a statement which you referred to i said sir agar itihas likhna hai to kisi na kisi ko to itihas banana padega you have to make history or create history to write history so he appreciated this uh, phrase and uh, that is when when i got back and then we started working for the preparations which i written in great detail mm. in my book mm. so this meeting with the home minister which was one on one and uh, after this the preparations had to go on to maintain peace at the same time the maintain confidentiality of what's coming mm. i always say only two and a half people in kashmir knew what's going to happen so this meeting was just one on one you and amit shah ji Jee, there was no note taker koi no nothing no nothing nobody else was there only the two of us so isme a uh, couple of things i want to ask you is that um, one what gave you the confidence uh, to tell him that uh, leave it to me or whatever i mean security what forces. security forces yeah. it will be their responsibility one what gave you that confidence two did you ask him for numbers like did you tell him i want this for it to be peaceful itne log chahiye itne men chahiye itne mu mo chahiye jo bhi chahiye did you give him a wish list of what you wanted three i'll remind you of this incident which i from my memory which i remember uh, indira gandhi supposed to have asked sam manikshaw as to when we can attack and he told her not for the next 6 months yes. because of weather because of various operational reasons and she wanted it done then and there but she had to wait because her chief said it's not ready they are not ready for it as yet and she had to wait for it to happen so these three things i wanted to ask you confidence what was your wish list and three did you give a time frame or did you tell them to give you a time frame ma'am first of all uh, the confidence i written about it in the book the lot which happened prior to this meeting of 26 june the killing of zakir musa and between 26th of june and 5th of august zakir musa got killed in last week of may and the way as team security forces which includes army jk police crpf intelligence agency civil we handled the situation so well when the encounter was going on in the night of zakir musa by morning first light we were in control of things and no nothing happened like burhanwani incidents and all that and then few things happened between 26th of june and 5th of august which again were a trial run for if something goes wrong so my confidence grew from the way team security forces had been carrying out carrying out operations in the last few months and the way we have been handling all the spark points or the flash points in total unison and total coordination hmm. 
so that was one now coming to the wish list ma'am everything was discussed on the line of control on the internal side so there are no wish list in fact i gave a assurance nothing will happen at least i from the army's point of view i am quite capable of doing things from within and don't worry there is i gave a time frame a timeline of say number of days or number of weeks which uh, i will not have to ask you for anything so that was the uh, second part and third is the point which you made of the timelines and you refer to general sam maniksha later field marshal maniksha in fact at uh, one point the discussion came out that everyone is recommending we do it in the winter months so that the snow will be there passes will be closed pakistan won't be able to do anything i had a different take on this my take was if we do it in winter months till then the confidentiality may not be maintained mm. so pakistan would come to know secondly in the winter months the three four months as it is remain peaceful because of snow then we will get complacent and pakistan will get time to prepare himself my view was we do it earliest have three four months of uh, campaigning season as we call it if something has to go wrong it will go wrong then we will have three to four months of winter time when it's hard for pakistan when it's hard for pakistan to pursue mm. with the whatever they have achieved for us to consolidate reassess the situation and reallocate our assets and then we come back fresh mm. in month of april mm. so my thinking was different than other inputs i wanted it earliest take 3 4 months up to december see the situation then reassess reallocate mm. then during winter months consolidate and then and fortunately they took a decision the government took a decision to do it in on the 5th of august and things fanned out as it is not a single civilian casualty for the 3 months post 5th of august at the hands of security forces the most peaceful 3 months in the history of kashmir terrorism of 33 years so that is where we are very clear and this is how the senior leadership when they take decisions they take inputs did you meet with farooq abdullah after that uh, when you know he said this ki khun ki nadiya bahengi and there's no way that uh, kashmir will stay with uh, india if it was ever to happen did you meet farooq abdullah after that ma'am i have met dr farooq abdullah sahab on various occasions uh, mostly on social occasions Uh, like iftar party or governor sahab i had thrown an iftar party in core headquarter and uh, farooq sahab came he attended that iftar party as my guest so i have been meeting uh, dr abdullah on numerous occasions but after 5th of august uh, we didn't meet you didn't do you think that uh, they were the political establishment of kashmir it came as a shock to them that the kind of life that they have led the kind of lives that they have led is over after this day now not only the political establishment huriyat also the whole of ecosystem ecosystem which i talked about the whole ecosystem was surviving on terrorism hmm. they were not bothered kiska bachcha marta hai kiska bachcha nahi marta hai they were only bothered that this thing should continue so that they remain relevant in whichever field they are they may be authors they may be journalists they may be ngos they may be huriyat they may be ogws they just wanted to remain relevant hmm now on sab ki dukan band ho gayi hmm suddenly one fine morning on 5th of august 2019 shutter down sabse jyada to tilmlaye ye log hai na 
normal kashmiri is very happy they are getting out of the shackles of this uh, ecosystem right and uh, it's become an aspirational society in kashmir uh, rest of india was moving towards that 20 years back or 30 years back when uh, reform started but kashmir was not as you mentioned but now you're seeing kashmiris also having that when beauty parlors movie halls music theater everything opening up uh, it's becoming you know that that part of uh, kashmir which there was no sound post evening that is changing or jo you know that har bari shanakht parade ho rahi hai civilians ki that that era or those generations of kashmiris will see a different kind of a life i'm kashmiri is a very very wonderful person kashmir ke to hum jharnon mein music hai kashmir ki to hawaon mein jisko kehte hain ki khushboo hai so he was deprived of all this goodness of nature which were bestowed upon him because of this terrorism so on 5th of august 2019 a common kashmiri saw a ray of hope and a good future for his child in your book i'm going to since we didn't discuss the book in the earlier podcast um you've written uh, about an incident which happened a close shave that your cooks when they misidentified you and wanted to shoot at you can you tell us about that those who have not read the book when this there are a lot of anecdotes in the mm-hmm. book real life anecdotes which tell you a lot of stories lot of lessons some of them are serious some of them are funny this one happened ma'am now we can say it's funny but that time it was serious no, i can imagine <laughs> so yes. this happened in 1999 hmm. immediately after kargil operations and uh, i was a major in lolab and i was senior major commanding officer had gone on leave so i was the officiating commanding officer a young captain had joined i was in a rashtra rifles unit a young captain had joined and uh, he was posted in a company in south lolab devar is the name of that uh, village so i thought i must go to that post speak to this young boy you know tell him the do's and don'ts and the situation myself because i was a senior major so this would put him at ease so i walked to that post with my we call it quick correction team or the qrt basically the protection team so when we reached there and uh, there normal uh, you know sir chai pio sir biscuit i said no first to tell us what is the Lay our location ha huh. what is our location in case something happens in the night those were the days of fidain okay fidain attacks had just started so i said no first to give us if something happens someone wants to tries to enter the camp where all we all will be so once that was established that is where all the people would be going in case something happens i came back to my room i changed i was wearing a pathani suit as a night dress and suddenly at about 11 in the night the fire started the terrorists started firing on the post and everyone ran to the place wherever they were supposed to go i picked up the weapon i ran to place where i was supposed to go as commanding officer when i was going past the cookhouse i heard someone charging the weapon or cocking the weapon i heard some sound and i realized that i hope that person is not trying to fire at me because mm-hmm. i was still in, in a, a pathani dress so i ran back to my room i put on the trousers combat trouser and combat jacket on top of the pathani suit went to my place of where i was supposed to and controlled the operation and fortunately nothing happened we could you know look after the terrorist fire now the biggest thing was to check if any terrorist has entered the post so but when you went in the pathan suit didn't you have a pug on 
No, but at the night, I didn't have a pagoda. I had a ah, uh, Afghani cap. cap on. Okay, okay. There was an Afghani cap which I had captured when I was a captain from a terrorist. I oh don't. my God, you were completely... <laughs> I don't blame that guy. So, <laughs> I don't blame so him. So, I was wearing that Afghani cap, woolen cap and huh? uh, my Pathani suit. So, that cap is still with me. So, when uh, we were checking if some terrorist or Fidain has entered the post. So, everyone was saying, sir, all okay, checked, all okay. And then when I came to closer to the cookhouse, I saw some shimozal there. Huh. And when I went there, the cook was saying, Nahi sahab, terrorist has entered the post. Huh. He said, I have seen, yeh sawa chhe foot ka pathan, yeh huh. daadi, yeh pathani suit, haath mein ekke. He said, sahab, meri to rifle ni kook, wani to mene to mar liya hota. Oh my God. And that is when I told him, I removed my jacket and I removed my trousers, my pathani suit was still there. Hundas? I said, hundas. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, yes sir, aap hi the. So, ma'am, this is what happens. <laughs> In the heat of the moment, yeah. Can't blame anyone. Friendly you know, fire, as they I, say. Friendly fire is the most accurate fire. Yeah. You know, enemy's fire may not be accurate, but friendly fire never misses the target. Yeah. This is a saying in the army. Friendly yeah. fire is the most accurate fire. Yeah. You, you know, we discussed about Operation Ma in the podcast. We talked about that. I also need to know about uh, what that meant to you because in that podcast, you said there's a personal reason why that was very important to me. Uh, I didn't probe at that stage, but obviously you were referring to the role played by your mother in your life. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Yes, ma'am. When that podcast was uh, shot or released, that time the book had not come out and I have never discussed uh, the aspect of my mother with anyone. Mm. Even in the army, in my unit, hardly one or two people would know uh, the background. Uh, my mother, when I was three years old, my father was posted to Nepal and they were going on a morning walk. They were attacked by a wild animal. That wild animal was almost killing my dad. My father still has wounds on his neck, his wrist, his uh, ankle. And that is when my mother, she was 5 feet 8 inches tall. She took her shawl off, squeezed it around the neck of the animal and literally killed that animal. And then she also had some injuries because the animal uh, pounced back. And those days Nepal was uh, not very well connected. So from Gorakhpur, the injections were taken in a thermos. Hmm. Some of the ice melted or something happened, those injections got bad. Hmm. And those injections had a reaction and we lost her after about 35 days in January 1965. So I was not even uh, three years old then. Hmm. So she was called, or she was given the name Sher Marma. So I'm very proud of her. Like in the army we say, she died with her boots on. So I always took strength from her if she can fight an animal i can fight anyone may it be terrorist or the enemy so i always had this and when of course everyone loves the mother mothers love children so as a young kid when uh, i was a captain not as a young kid as a young captain every time we killed a terrorist there used to be a letter in his pocket like i said last time yeah where either the letter has been written to the mother he has not posted or mother has written the letter back so I realized the Kashmiri society, the role of mother is very important. Every society it is important, but Kashmiri society definitely more. So we started this suppression ma when I was a corps commander. We approached the mothers and we told them to get through to the children who have picked up the weapon, terrorist mothers. And uh, we got 50, more than 50 boys back mm. from the terrorist enzymes. Mm. And those boys are happily living today. Mm. And they are with their parents. 
they're doing what type of different types of jobs and in this whole operation to be successful there are three main ingredients the personal assurance was no police case would be made out against them hmm. second was their identity will be kept secret and third was they will definitely be placed in some alternate job based on their qualifications we are sitting in amritsar some of them are working in amritsar as of today okay and some of them are still in touch with me and their uh, their past identity nobody knows nobody about. knows ma'am nobody knows uh, what happened and mm. most important point is ma'am as a soldier it's very easy to kill a terrorist but most difficult job is to get the terrorist back ma'am jaan lena mushkil nahi hai aapke paas mein agar hathiyar hai to kisi ki jaan bachana probably i think uh, it is a job next to the god you lost mm. your mother when you were 3 years old you said uh, you know what it is like uh not to have a mother uh you know the loss of losing a parent uh, you also because you were posted in kashmir you also know the pain of the mothers and you did mention in the podcast about you know how and today also you mentioned about how these politicians who who are making money and who were uh, the entire ecosystem uh, who survived and thrived uh, on conflict who did not become part of that grief that people suffered um so there is a kind of a uh, a personal aspect to every soldier who's posted out there isn't it who brought you up sir when you were when you lost your mother at 3 and what motivated you to uh, join the forces uh, ma'am my grandmother my nani ji very brave lady she brought me up hmm. and she taught me all the values including mar kha ke wapas nahi aana school se शी वुड टेक मी बैक टू द स्कूल एंड से जिसने भी पीटा है तेरे को उसको जब तक पीट के वापस नहीं आया घर में आने की जरूरत नहीं है सो दैट ब्रॉट इन द लिटल सोल्जरली क्वालिटीज एंड शी ब्रॉट मी अप शी टॉट ऑल द वैल्यू सिस्टम हाउ टू रिस्पेक्ट अ लेडी हाउ टू बी यू नो रिस्पेक्टिंग द सीनियर हाउ एवरी थिंग मैम इन माई लाइफ आई ओवेक्ट टू माई ग्रैंड मदर एंड दैट इज द फर्स्ट एक्नोलेजमेंट आई मेक इन माई बुक द फोर beautiful generations of beautiful women in my life hmm. my grandmother next is my mother god bless her and next is my wife and fourth generation is my daughter hmm. they all have played a very important role in my life in grooming me in mentoring me in coaching me in guiding me my daughter till today finds faults with my pronunciation <laughs> the way i dress up <laughs> so I I'm hope she's happy with this episode she, she, when she it is. comes out. <laughs> But you did mention about uh, your yeah. wife and how uh, it's the role played by Fauji wives. Uh, many, you know, there are books which have been written by many of the wives. The enormous contribution that uh, wives of serving officers, uh, not just officers, even of JCOs and mm-hmm. JCOs, even they, uh, J, uh, the, the work that they do in keeping the home and hearth alive, in looking after families uh, whose men have died on the lines, um, the support structure uh, is extremely important in the services. Could you tell me a little bit about that, ma'am? You talked about uh, uh, soldiers' wives. looking after the families i'll tell you two incidents personal incidents my wife has seen the death news of me mine on the television twice oh gosh once when she was 8 months pregnant the point which you made about they keep the family together when first time when she saw this news i was a major in lolab same incident which we narrated about the cook and a news came another officer by similar name he 
was uh, killed in action there. So news ticker said Major K J Singh, Rashtriya Rifles, Lolab. So she saw the news. She was eight months pregnant. She was staying with her old parents. She did not tell anyone. Those days were the days of no mobiles and all. In next day morning, she was the first one to get up and go and stand at the gate, pick up the newspaper, because newspaper carried that headline. She hid that newspaper from her parents. In spite of her condition of being eight months into pregnancy, she was more bothered about her old parents, the responsibility, jimewari, imandari, wafadari. Now, second time is even more critical. Second time, I was commanding officer in Kashmir, an officer by similar name, uh, K.J. Singh. Uh, he again was killed in action. Again, the news came, Kal K.J. Singh killed in Jammu and Kashmir. Hmm. I had given these details in my book. And this time, she was staying in the unit rear in Ranikhet, near Ranikhet place called Chobatiya. And the whole battalion was in Kashmir. In Chobatiya, that military station, there were Joan's wife, JCO's wives, and other officers' wives also staying in the same station. She got the news around about 11 in the night. The whole night with two children, one about eight years old, one about three years old, she kept awake the whole night thinking, what will I do all alone by myself? And with these two children. Come the first light, this is the point I'm making. She was very clear, the officers' wives and other Joans and JCO's wives would come to her place to console her, to you know sit with her. And she as commanding officer's wife did not want to be seen as a shattered woman. She got up, she dressed up, she combed her hair, and she was ready to face any visitor who comes. And face with full vigor, full confidence of being a commanding officer's wife who cannot waver under any circumstances. Ma'am, Hamare ladies are stronger than the soldiers. Mm -hmm. I always say, military wives are the strongest people on this planet. She was not bothered about her personal loss. She was more bothered about the being a wife of a commanding officer. She can't be seen as a weak person. Because their husbands, the Juans, husband, Juans and the Jesuits, were still in Kashmir, fighting it out. So this is the type of role, the leadership role. It's not only limited to the yeah. uh, people in uniform. Our ladies are the biggest sports system with And us. they get no medals for it. Uh, Ma'am, <laughs> uh, I made it a point to give all these incidents in my book hmm. and bring it out that what role they play in a soldier's life. Well, what happened when, when she got to know that khabar to galat thi, he's alive? Ma'am, her first reaction was, again I written in the book, uh, she says, kisi na kisi ne to khoya hai. Ah. My, she had a horrid, horrible, horrible uh, night. She says, if I feel happy now, that won't be correct. Someone has gone. Hmm. So she said it in these many words when I spoke to her. Hmm. Okay, okay, you are there, but someone is not there. Hmm. For them, the loss is the same. Hmm. Ma'am, this, that strong, you know, rope that was. Andar Sena, we are the softest people at heart. Because we've seen the death and life from very close by. We stay away from our families. We make friends with the local people. We listen to their problems. We understand how difficult situations could be in those terrain and weather climatic conditions. The operational conditions, the line of control. 
सो वी अंडरस्टैंड द ह्यूमन रिलेशंस एचआर का जो डिपार्टमेंट होता है ना इन कॉर्पोरेट वर्ल्ड हमारे से बड़ा एचआर कोई नहीं है यू लिव इट वी लिव इट एवरी डे क्योंकि मैम उस कॉर्पोरेट का महीने के आखिर में पाँच लाख दस लाख ऊपर नीचे का नुकसान है एम्प्लॉय ऑफ द मंथ है ऑलवेज से उनका तो महीने के बाद आता है एम्प्लॉय ऑफ द मंथ फोटो लगती है हमारा तो मैम एम्प्लॉय ऑफ द मोमेंट है इफ आई डोंट डू माई जॉब प्रॉपरली माई बॉडी विल डाई इफ ही डजन डू इज जॉब प्रॉपरली आई एल बी नो मोर सो हमारा हिसाब किताब जिंदगी मौत में है ये जो बॉडी सिस्टम है इसके बारे में भी थोड़ा बताएं बिकॉज दोज हु डोंट नो वॉट इट मीन्स टू हैव अ बॉडी इन इन द फॉज प्लीज टेल मैम बॉडी सिस्टम इज बेसिकली फॉर टू थ्री रीजन्स वन इज यू आर नवर सपोज टू बी फाइटिंग इट आउट अलोन बिकॉज इफ समथिंग हैपन्स टू यू इट मे बी अ स्मॉल वोन्ड बट यू मे लूज योर लाइफ बाई एक्सेसिव ब्लीडिंग सो देर हैज टू बी अ पर्सन नेक्स्ट टू यू who would understand and see that you are hit he will give you the first aid he will evacuate to the nearest uh, place and there afterwards the system will take care ambulance doctors and other things so body system is for that reason second is when you are firing i may be concentrating in this direction but there may be another enemy or terrorist coming from this direction or trying to engage me he has your back your body the body has your back he is supposed to keep a look around for everything and similarly i as his body would look around for everything hmm. Every officer has a body. Every jawan has a body, and these bodies are not that they change every day. We know each other's family background. We know each other's children. How many marks are there in the tenth? How many marks are there in the seventh? So we live with each other, hmm. and this body system is basically for operational areas, field areas, but it cannot be discontinued in peace areas, because the how many intelligence building and body building, it cannot happen overnight. Continuity is a must. so mm-hmm. even in peace areas like my buddy used to admonish me so badly when i was a bachelor sab bahut kharcha kar rahe ho kal bhi dinner bar kiya aaj bhi dinner bar kiya aisa thodi chalega kal ko shaadi hogi bacche honge thoda paisa bacha ke rakho <laughs> and when i got married i written in this book uh, in my book nayak ran singh very elderly man he would uh, tell my wife silai karna sikho <laughs> pehle to sab bachelor the theek hai darji se karwa ke lata tha bhi aap kariye theek kijiye isko so uh, when you uh, kal sahab uh, jain sahab aap retire ho gaye hain you're coming you've come out of the forge you're living the life of a civilian you bring those you've lived those values you've learned those values lived those values taught those values when you come to civilian life how difficult is it to adjust to a different set of people who may not have the same kind of value system which you've been used to living in containments living in those non family stations ab aap yahan pe aa gaye hain jahan par people don't have that kind of body system health system value system which you are accustomed to how does that adjustment Ma'am, take place uh, since we all come from the society sir and society is of all civilians my father is civilian my wife is civilian my children are civilian so we are aware of the society per se but the point which you are making i am enjoying my life i am enjoying the civilian uh, environment mai mai sabji subji lene jata hu you know thala pakad ke i love that uh, part of life but one thing which i at times which i don't appreciate is dekh lenge kar lenge ho jayega parson baat karna nurson ko baat karna either it is yes or no it you are a doer no. <laughs> you are a doer you need to tell me now ke sir ho sakta hai ya nahi ho sakta hai hmm ये नहीं सब देखेंगे सर ऐसे करता हूँ मैं थोड़ा चेक करता हूँ फिर परसों मेरे को फ़ोन करना सो दिस इज़ वेयर आई फील वी आर लूजिंग दोज थ्री डेज ऑफ मैन आर्स वेर एज आई एम यूज टू वर्किंग इफ आई सिट इन माई ऑफिस फॉर वन आर एडिशनल 
my clerk, my PA, my runner, my driver, my buddy, and not to talk about the cook and the wife who are waiting at home. Everyone has wasted that one hour. Because of my inefficiency, I could not complete my work by one o'clock. I sat till two. Everyone's one man hour has been gone down the drain. So I put myself under pressure to finish my work in time, so that my clerk can go back to his house, play with his children. My driver can, after dropping me, can get back, park his vehicle, and go and relax if he's uh, staying in a barrack, or go to his family. Because man, every minute is precious. Well, I hope our viewers also learn uh, the values of discipline and uh, a more regulated kind of a life where your productivity is important, not just for yourself and your family, but to the society also. Thank you so much, General Dhillon, for being part of the podcast once again. As always, I learn so much every time that you're on the podcast. Thank you, ma'am. And thank you, everyone. Jai Hind. Thank you for watching or listening to this episode. Do like or subscribe on whichever channel you have seen this. Namaste. Jai Hind.